Hello and welcome to Ias Gablan, a bi-weekly podcast from four Latinx daughters. Hi everyone, welcome back to Hijas Que Hablan. My name is Maria Jose and today we have a very special guest. Hello, thank you for the <laughs> invite. I was, we I'm so it. honored. <laughs> And I'm Marla, by the way. <laughs> yes, tell us a little bit about yourself, Marla. I am, um, I just changed careers, actually. I uh, owned a small business. I did taxes for 23 years. Oh, wow. So I'm a tax professional. But I decided that. that once my children grew up, that I wanted to go back to school. And here I am. Um, I am doing my master's of social work and I am in my second year. So I have about right now, I believe about 15 months left of school oh, wow. to finish my master's in social work. Why a master's in social work? What got you? What got you here? <laughs> Why a master's of social work? Um, that's a good question. I wanted to become a therapist. When I called the school, they're like, okay, well, if you want to become a, a, a therapist, a mental health therapist, you have to go through the social work route. I already have my undergrad in, in psychology. I finished my undergrad in 2019, right before the pandemic started. So I got to finish. <laughs> no hassle. Yay. So that was great. Um, and then about a year later, I was scared to apply to grad school. I had good grades in my undergrad. I did great. I have no, you know, no complaints. But I, I was kind of scared. You know, I was like, mm, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be accepted. You know, all those doubts that we have. Like any other person, I, I'm guessing. <laughs> or I don't know if it's just me. No, yes. <laughs> no, it's not you. I feel like I myself, when I was applying to grad school, I was the same way. I was just like, what if I'm not good enough? What if I don't right. make it? What if I drop out? What if nobody accepts me? So you're not alone in that struggle. Trust me. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. So, you know, we went through the social work route because eventually mm -hmm. you know once I'm done with school I um I want to sit down and, and get licensed so I will be a licensed clinical social worker so I can give therapy oh wow I didn't know that that was some that was an option so that's yes that's amazing so you'll become you, be, you go through the route uh to become a social worker you start grad school it's about some programs are anywhere before between two years and a half to four or five depending on what you can oh, do wow. because you know grad school is really demanding I might yeah. add it's really hard it's really complicated it takes a lot of time for example right now I am doing my inter my first part of my hours my particular hours mm -hmm. people also call it internship um okay. so I've been It's about six months. Um, oh, wow. at the end, because it was like for one semester, one full semester, eleven weeks. My my terms are eleven of eleven weeks. I did two hundred hours. I'm doing my other two oh, hundred wow. hours right now, and um, about by the end of this week, I'll be at uh, at one hundred and fifty seven hours. Oh, so wow. I'm about two weeks short of finishing my two hundred hours. So oh, wow. that's four hundred. That hours. sounds like a lot. It is a lot, and then I go back to school. And then mm -hmm. I have to finish, uh, which is field three and four for me. Uh, I'm doing field one and two mm -hmm. right now. So when I go back to do field three and four, that's uh, 500 hours. Each? Uh-huh. It would be 250 oh and 250. God. So it's like a total oh of 900 hours. So before you finish mm -hmm. your Master of Social Work, you are thrown out there for a whole entire year. A whole, a whole entire year to yeah. practice. So, you know, once you come out, oh, you wow. can actually start working. So how has your experience in grad school been? Like, what kind of internships have you been involved in? If you want to share a little bit about yes, that. Yes, of course. Um, 
I had a hard time finding um, an internship uh, spot <laughs> because yeah. I am in the suburbs. So um, I live in Central mm-hmm. Florida. I'm in a part called Davenport, oh, wow. Florida. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really in the city. I'm about an hour away from the city. So mm-hmm. it was really hard to find a placement. And even now, I still have to drive about 45 minutes. So oh, it's wow. about 45 minutes to an hour um, going and coming. So I do seven hours mm-hmm. and my internship three days a week. And it's an hour going mm-hmm. and an hour coming. So that's about nine hours. <laughs> so when I get home, I get oh, home wow. anywhere around four o'clock. And I leave my house about seven o'clock. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You have very long yes. days. Oh, wow. It's very exciting. Uh, it's very. Oh, and I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, it's um, a domestic violence uh, shelter, uh, mm-hmm. center shelter. Because I work at the outreach center, which is where we do all the technical stuff the finance you know um we get Mm -hmm. to find them jobs we get to um help them with counseling help them to find homes help them to reach their finance their their finances to get them in order get injunctions against their abusers we give them food if you know if they need that whatever needs they have clothes just basically everything that they need and we have capability of giving it to them how have you been how has that been for you i, I feel like that work it. can be very taxing oh it, I'm it is it, you know it's exhausting because you know you're dealing with people and anytime that you are exchanging yeah. and seeing people in pain you know it can be overwhelming but right. i think i've kind of mastered that a little bit um i love people i love being around people i love women i love empowering women that is something that i've done from day one even with my friends right. i've always been this way it's not something that i just say oh i want to do it now no i've always been very right. empowering i you know i love supporting my female women to be better you know helping them out whatever right. in whichever way i can so when I told some of my friends that I was going to become a social worker so I can become a therapist, they were like, oh, my God, you're going to do great. You're going to be awesome. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I hope so. But, yeah, you know, it's very inspiring uh, being able to help mm-hmm. other women. And it's really hard to see women going yeah. through these situations of domestic violence. And, yes, yes, it can be intense. But you know what? My favorite right. part of the day is being able to help someone. Any, you know, mm. any woman that goes uh, and let's not just, you know, we have to be inclusive um, because men right. also suffer from domestic violence. Let me add right. that in because, you know, we don't want to <laughs> not yeah. include not be inclusive. Um, so, yeah, also men do. Um, we have a few men, right. not a lot because there's a stigma in the, with domestic violence right. and men. So men sometimes would probably hide it or not want to admit that they're going through domestic violence. But, right. yeah, there is women that are also aggressive towards men so they're Mm. also they come in and we also help them the same way and sort of maybe like backtracking a little bit i know that you already mentioned that like you've always been about empowerment Mm -hmm. and you also said that you made a big career shift right um (laughs) taxes is very different than social work (laughs) right so why did you decide to do that shift because I, for the first time in my life, I am doing things for myself. For the first time in my life, um, sorry, I get emotional sometimes. No, um, it's okay. It's emotional. <laughs> yeah. I became a mom at a really long, uh, young age. I was 18. Mm-hmm. I had to drop out of high school. I was so good in my classes and so smart that my teachers overrid me the last semester. Because I had straight A's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was so good that they, they were like, she passed because she was doing 
everything that she, I even had extra credit, but you know, I, I decided to keep my baby. She's 24 now. She's going to be 25. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I went to high school and I, in the period that I was in leading up to having her, I have, um, something called preeclampsia, which causes mm-hmm. your blood pressure to go up high. And oh, wow. yeah, and it could, you can have like failure of, you know, your liver and your organs and you could wow. literally just die. So her too, she stopped breathing and they had to do like a emergency section, C-section. Um, Cause they admitted me in an emergency. So I couldn't go back to school. So I had to drop off obviously. So the only thing that I was missing was two credits. No, not even. I'm sorry. Not even two credits. It was half a credit. My electives. That's all I was missing. So I couldn't walk. That was kind of depressing for me because I always wanted to go to school. Like my goal in life was just to be better, to go to school, you know, to educate myself. I had great teachers that instilled that in me and that was great. And I loved it. So I always liked school. Like it was something to me was very important. That's the only thing that I had. That's the only thing that Mm -hmm. I can excel in, that I felt good, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, well, long story short, um, I couldn't go back. So my sister-in-law tells me, hey, why don't you help me with my business? Her business was doing taxes. I, in high school, was in a program uh, for business. So I already knew, you know, the the pros and the cons, and I knew a few things that I've learned. I was like, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, let me learn. So I learned. I took a few courses. She taught me as well. She trained me for a little bit. Uh And 23 years later, here I am. And I basically did it so I could have the flexibility to raise my children because I I did have two more after her. They're all four years apart and I have two more boys after her. My son is now 20. Uh, He's in the army. And my other Uh little one, he's 16. He's in high school. He's the last one. (laughs) so that's why i you know i decided to take on taxes because it was flexible for me i could raise my children i could still work and bring money in and help my husband so we've been married for 25 years oh wow (laughs) so you know a little bit about me and my background so but yeah so this is what led up to me changing and shifting careers because for the first time I, you know, I started doing taxes because I did it to help my sister-in-law. This is how I started healing. This is the story. My sister-in-law passes away in 2015. I was really close to her. She was like a second mom. Uh, she taught me all the ropes. She would always tell me, oh, you're so smart. Yeah, you know, you need to do more because you're, you know, everything. If you don't know something, you look how to solve it. You always, you know, you're always up to something. You're extremely smart. So when she passes away, I fall into really deep, 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 deep depression. It was really hard. I had to pick up and play her role. She was the matriarch of the family. You know, she was like, she was a glue that kept everyone together. So I had to take up for the role. And it was really hard. It was really, really difficult to lose her. And that in itself started my road into shifting into mental health. I realized how bad my mental health was. I don't honestly, I didn't even know what mental health was. I'm not even going to lie to you. I knew that I was depressed. I knew that I was sad, that I had these, I didn't want to do anything, but I didn't know that was mental health. Like I had no, no idea, none. She passes away. Her son passes away. I had raised him along with my children. Um, That was super rough. My mother-in-law passes away in 2018 Mm. my father-in-law passes away last year Mm. you know not last year the year before um so it's been really rough 
Um, so I was like, you know what? I feel that this route of me becoming a social worker is going to be so great to help others heal this and, and teach, right. teach about mental health. Right. Because I started when I started realizing what mental health was, it just opened my eyes. And right. I realized that every single person in my family, not also my family, but in my husband's family, because I'm talking about my husband's family right now, my sister-in-law. Right. I realized how bad mental health was. And I was mm. like, whoa. Like, it was like an epiphany. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is this is what I want to do. I want to do something for myself. I want to change careers because I want to do something to help others, bring right. awareness about mental health, start healing myself, start healing my lineage, start, you know, being a better parent to my children, being a better wife right. to my husband, being just overall better human being for myself basically so in healing myself i could i started healing everyone around me my kids my husband understanding being better and just teaching them how to cope also because you know they also Mm -hmm. had losses my kids were really close to my husband's parents and you know as well as his sister so that was rough i'm so sorry for all the loss yeah it it seems like it just kept coming and it kept coming so yeah it was that must have been a lot yeah it was really really intense and you know what but I finally understand that we all have a cycle to complete in this world and in this life. And I feel like right now, maybe four years ago, I would have been crying. But right now, I understand that we all have a cycle that we have to live. We come, we complete it, and we have to go, you know? And that's hard. That's, it's really hard because yeah. when you don't understand the cycle of death and you don't prepare yourself, yeah. we, you don't talk about that. We no. don't... We, us as Hispanic, we don't talk enough about when you're not going to be here. What to do when you're not going to be here. Yeah. How are you going to bury me? Is everything paid for? Who's going to yeah. keep the houses? You know, who's going who's gonna to handle the finances? And it brings a lot of mayhem because everybody's scrambling around like chickens. Nobody knows what to do. Yeah. And I feel like I we don't talk about um, these mm-hmm. things a lot. And we should be able to be more open and, and more open about talking about what's going to happen when I'm not here. We need to yeah. talk and prepare for death, whether yeah. we like it or we don't. We need to because at some point we're not going to be here. We're going to be gone. Yeah. We got to speak up. And and I feel like that's a huge taboo in our, you know, yeah. Latin, Hispanic uh, communities. And we need to speak up about those things it's very important yeah and speaking about sort of taboos within our culture right you mentioned that like you didn't even know what mental health was right until you started struggling why do you think that is like why is it because i and i'm not saying this because like oh my gosh you didn't know about mental health because (laughs) i feel the same way right like i feel that within my family i started going to therapy when i started undergrad so i graduated in 2019 like you i'm your around your daughter's age i'm 25 you can Um, be my child You do not look your age. I, my, let me add. Be, I did not anticipate you saying you I'm the age be that 44. you were for. Yeah, and I barely wear any makeup. So, yeah. You you are looking great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but sort of when my mom found out that I was going to therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She took it very, very personal. Mm-hmm. She was just like, why can't you talk to me about what's happening? hmm and I was just she thought that like I had gone through like something like very super traumatic you know (laughs) um and so but she still doesn't understand and even still today like I still go to therapy like every other week Mm -hmm. 
but it's it's it is a taboo like mental health is seen like my mom is always just like um she calls it like porque vas a un loquero right a crazy person doctor right yeah and it's just like <laughs> that's, that's how what lo- mental health is seen that's yeah. how yeah that's how um yeah you know I feel like like you're saying our Latina moms, Hispanic moms are not educated enough when it comes to mental health. And I'm not saying this to, you know, to look down on anyone, but we need more education. We, we need more awareness. We need more openness, more acceptance mm-hmm. that, you know, even little things like you're, even sometimes you're like, oh, my mom didn't do anything to me but maybe she didn't pay you enough attention yeah. that's trauma yeah. trauma is also things that you didn't receive it's not also yeah. things that <laughs> that you receive yeah. it's things you not receive so maybe you wanted more loving maybe you needed more care maybe you needed more hugs maybe you needed more support from from a, from a, a parent and you didn't get it that's also yeah. trauma and i don't yeah. just i don't think parents understand that especially in our communities they don't understand that mental health is so important it's like it doesn't i feel like it doesn't cross their mind and all they know how to say oh el loquero estás loca Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm I'm from honduras you know i'm from honduras Mm -hmm. and there's no such thing i never heard my mom talk about mental health i never talked i never heard my aunt talk about mental health ever yeah I, the first time that I realized anything about even parenting um, skills, I thought I was a good parent. I'm not going to lie. I thought I was a good parent, but I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't the best. I, I And, you know, throughout the years. And then when my daughter turned, I think she was about, mm, I want to say six or seven. She was, she joined this club and they invited me to the, uh, to a psychology parenting class. But, you know, and they will give you like psychology stuff so you can learn how to be a better parent and classes. And I was like, oh. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I'm not being the best parent that I thought I was being. So from that moment on, I started changing. Also, I started seeing mm-hmm. patterns and different, you know, so I was like, oh, OK. So, you know, it's just collectively everything started to add up. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> it, it, it's you know, I feel like our cultures see a mental health like you're being just crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. That's what it is. There's no if, mm. ands, and buts. And I don't like using the word crazy, but that's how they see us. If you yeah. feel depressed, if you're sad, well, you have everything in your house and I buy you everything that you wanted and I gave you food and clothes. That's not enough. Yeah. I needed your love. I needed your attention. I needed a lot more things. I, I didn't need for you to scream at me. I didn't need you to, for you to parentify mm. me and make me the mother of my of my sisters when i was six years old right that's trauma mm-hmm. you know and uh, they don't see it like that no. and they all they tell you is that oh i did the best that i could what was the best that, that it what was it giving me right. food you have to give me food giving me clothes you have yeah. to feed me i didn't ask you to be born did i ask you yeah. to have me no i did not I did not ask you for you to bring me into this world. Yeah. So the basics, you have to provide the basics for me. What the hell? (laughs) So, you know, I don't think they um, realize these things. And I think there's a lot of work to be done. A lot. Yeah. And that was one of the things that literally led me into this path. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, we have to do something. I, I And collectively, you know, everybody comes together and we start creating like, you know, a, a certain amount of people follow me and I teach certain people and a, a certain amount of people follow other people and they teach those people. Right. And it, you know, collectively, we start teaching the whole entire world from right. the view of a Latina, Hispanic 
individual. Right. Yeah, because I think that to your point, I think that there is so much that we need to unlearn, right? I think that a lot of us, and I feel like this is something that I've currently been working in in therapy, is just like understanding that like just because something you didn't receive earlier in your life doesn't mean we can't work to repairing something now, you know? So I think that I agree, I agree with you to saying that we have a lot of things to unlearn, right? A lot of us are stuck in this idea that like surviving is enough, but it's just like, just because you you got us through doesn't mean we got through it with the best mental health or okay or without trauma, right? And it's just like, where do we begin? Mm -hmm. Like, how do we begin mm -hmm. this work? I don't know if that's something that that you started to think on or work on we start i think that we basically start within ourselves because we cannot control or change anyone and that's something very hard to learn it's very difficult because you cannot change your mom you cannot change your dad your aunts your uncles your sisters your brothers your kids no you cannot so what you do is that you start working on yourself i started going to therapy before starting my grad school i think i finished i already had finished my undergrad i want to say i'm trying to because I'd be forgetting but I think before I started um before I decided that I wanted to go into under uh when I was finishing my undergrad and going into my master's since I wanted to be you know a mental health uh uh therapist I was like okay no I need to fix myself I can't go into the setting and be a mess and a wreck you know right. so I started going to therapy myself what would you say to other Latinos out there um Latinas like Latina folks out there who are struggling with that first step, right? Because like we said, there is that taboo of like, therapy means that you're crazy. Therapy is for like X person, right? How do we how do we begin to even dismantle that? Because sometimes those different stereotypes keep us from sending that email to that one therapist or even looking, you know? <laughs> I canceled my uh, first therapy. So I was terrified. When I tell you I was terrified to go to therapy, I was so the day that I got to the I canceled my first appointment I rescheduled I went to I was like no I have to go I have to go I have to go I need to heal I need to go to therapy and you know when I feel like the first step is accepting that is there's something wrong with us accepting that you know being sad for long periods of time is not normal accepting that you know you're manic <laughs> depressed um, your behavior you don't want to talk to anybody you just want to be isolated that's not normal you have to like kind of assess yourself and be like okay do I really need help is it my time to look for help do I need this and you know you start talking to yourself I know it seems like you're nuts and you're crazy but you start talking to yourself do I really need this do I really want this and then you're like okay yes I really need this I really want this and I think that's the first step in accepting that we need help right and so thank you for sharing that because i feel like similar to you the first time that i signed up to go to therapy i was like i casually i'm just like i don't see my <laughs> reminder like it's not just there. like the tiktok i'm blind <laughs> yeah i'm exactly that's literally the the thing that came to my mind i was just like i don't i don't know yeah, i don't me, see that was it me. you know yeah. And it's it's really hard for us to get to that position, right? Because you have to you have to start peeling at those different layers of stereotypes mm -hmm. and negativity around therapy, right? And so, what about 
after that, right? So we we go to therapy, we heal ourselves. But I feel that like it's not enough just for you to be okay, right? Because you don't, you're not a lonely individual. You're part of a community of people, right? How do we begin the conversation about mental health with family? I feel well. My husband um has um my husband's military. Uh, he was he served for four years and a half. Um, he has been in therapy for quite some time. And actually, you want to know something? He was the one that encouraged me to go to therapy. Oh, we love that. We love that. I know. He was like, you know, you, you I think you need to go to therapy. I guess he would talk to his therapist about me and he would tell her mm-hmm. my behaviors and, you know, how I how I was and how and he was like, you know, I think I think it was hard for him to tell me too. Mm-hmm. to, you know, cuz it's really hard to bring up mental health to someone else. It, it's really difficult, but out of love, I feel like when someone tells you something, don't take it harsh. They're doing right. it because they love you. You know, like if I see my daughter, like, you know, my daughter was struggling with her, her mental health when she lost her, her grandfather, her grandma, and, mm. you know, her grandmother, because those were her set of parents. When I yeah. was in there, my, when my husband was working, when I was working, those were her parents. So she really struggled because she was with them mm. for so long. Yeah. And I told her, hey, mama, you know, um, I talked to her and I told her, you know, uh, going to therapy is not bad. You know, when you're ready right. and you feel like, you know, you need it, I, you know, I, I suggest that you go. But you have to do it from a place of love. Right. You can be like, you need a therapy, you're crazy. Blah, blah. No, you got to say, hey, right. you know, I think that, you know, maybe therapy, um, if you go talk to someone that can help you solve your issues, if you don't want to talk to me, it's okay. You can go talk to someone else, you know, and that can help you solve your issues. And I think that's how you get to that point. You got to do it with, with some love and some tactics because you cannot be like, oh, you need therapy. You got to go to therapy. And you can't force anyone to go to, to go to therapy either. Right. You have to be like, way. hey, you know, it would be nice if you go look for a therapist. If you talk to them, it'll help you with your feelings. And, you know, you don't have to tell me anything. I understand that you don't want to talk to me and I am perfectly fine with that. But if you find someone that you can talk to, right. they'll understand you. You can express them yourself how you feel and you know they can help you with those feelings right. and that's hard that's a very hard i think uh i think my my husband had a hard time telling me hey you need to go to therapy you yeah. really need to go to therapy because i don't know what he saw i don't know what he yeah. saw in me but yeah i was really depressed when all that mm. was going on i'm not going to tell you that, that i'm that depression is over because i i think you're going to struggle with it your whole entire life right and that's another stigma that you just don't go to therapy or take medication or go to a psychiatrist and take medication and, and it's gone because right. it's not it's just something that right. you're going to have to work on for the rest of your life i know that like um you obviously have like goals or like dreams of like where your master's degree takes you right ideally like what do you see for yourself like after graduation like what are your goals related to maybe mental health and like the latina community or the hispanic community like what do you hope for honestly i see myself um in a few years because you know after i'm done with my um, master's and i graduate i have to work under another lcsw for about um Mm -hmm. i think it's three thousand hours which is about roughly two years or something like that yeah, okay. it's it's a long process, and then and then I can sit down and take the state test. Oh wow! Yeah, and it's a lot of we have to pay a whole bunch of different fees. Um, 
to stay, continue, and just to be to to become, to stay, and to remain. <laughs> continue oh, education, wow. licenses, and all that. But you know, it's I see myself honestly in a big room talking to people like me coming from uh you know latin a latin hispanic communities and just sharing my story and letting them know that it's okay not to be okay but that there's a way there's a way to be you know to manage and just stay afloat because it's not gonna go away it's not gonna go away but you 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 manage your mental health you stay afloat and you can be prosperous you can go to school, right. you know, you can, you can take medication, you can go to therapy and you can function. Mm-hmm. You'll be okay. And, you know, um, I don't know if you saw the recent news about uh, Twitch passing away and committing suicide. Yeah. You know, that's something that um, when people are in dark places, they don't see their way out of it. And that's when right. they do things that, you know, that are harmful for themselves. And, and that's rough because, Seeing such a talented, young, amazing, happy person, and you're like, right. "Is he was he really depressed? Like, is there anything else with it?" No, he was depressed. That was it. He was in a dark and place. And I feel that that was a uh, a lot of things people said. Like, oh, he didn't look like he was depressed, or he didn't look like he was suicidal, right? Depression. And I feel like that's a right. There's de- no one way of depression looking. Depression doesn't have right. a way of looking. The happiest yeah. person the most the person that you feel is the least is suffering with mental health i tell you that much and they're really struggling and they're the ones that make everybody laugh they're the ones that want to make everybody feel good they're the ones that you 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 have no idea unless i you speak about it that you're struggling with mental health I feel like the when twitch passed away like that really sparked a lot of conversations mm-hmm especially within i saw it a lot within like Mm -hmm. black creators Mm -hmm. but like within communities of color like we really need to be more serious about mental health it is you know so you see yourself being in sort of a big room with a bunch of us talking about mental health is there a particular age group that you'd want to work with um i feel like um the young kids the Mm. the the teens um the young adults i think they need it the most and i think like they say children are our future i think we have to start from kids i wouldn't work with a little uh population with like you know little tiny ones because they once told me my one of my professors was like if you feel like you can't work with a certain population don't go into it because you're gonna suffer so i was like okay fine so i can i love i love working with women I love working uh, with uh, pre- uh, preteens and um, young adults as well. I feel like they need it the most because, you know, they can educate the right. adults because, you know, everything spreads like fire, wildfire. Once you start, right. and, and I, I feel like it's very important to bring awareness to them. There's a lot of right. kids suffering. There's a lot of uh, mm-hmm. young adults and teens that are struggling. I've been struggling. Somebody asked me, when was the first time that you felt like you were struggling with mental health? What was the earliest, you know, the earliest that you can recall? And I want to say, I said six years old, I already had anxiety. Mm. I had a lot of anxiety since I was six years old. And I didn't know. I didn't know. I would cry by myself and I wouldn't tell my mom because my mom wasn't the most understanding. You know, she would just hit me. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, I laugh about it now, but you know, and that wasn't the way. You know, like your kids have. If your child has anxiety, what do you do? You try to understand right. them. You talk to them. You get them a therapist. You get them to go right. talk to someone, a counselor, somebody. You know, there's always somebody out there. Um, we all need some kind of help. And I feel, right. I feel like if I would have gotten the help when I was younger, I would have been so much better as a as an adult because we carry all this, we carry all our tra- our childhood trauma, our well into our adulthood, and the way we function in our adu- adulthood, and they, and maybe even later on, the thirties, forties, fifties, it's gonna keep carrying on. It's gonna keep lingering if we don't fix it at some point and realize, okay, right. I have to heal for myself. So I had to take the decision at because 39, I had to take the decision at 38, 39 to go to therapy to heal myself because I was a wreck. Somebody could have given me those tools. So, right. you know, I feel like me having my social media and you'd be surprised people like message me. Hey, like even my like family members are like, hey, I'm having an issue. Can I talk to you? I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I'm, I'm OK. Right. I'm now. Um, also, we have to be careful uh, when we want to dump on someone and tell right. someone because you don't know if that person is prepared and ready. Fortunately, mm. I'm in a place that I'm okay with it. But maybe yeah. back then, maybe five, six, seven, eight years ago, I wasn't okay for someone to dump on me. And it was even more heaviness when people would come and just, you know, friends tell you all their issues day yeah. in and, day and you already have your own and you're already struggling. So that's another thing. So. I feel like um, teens and, and women and young yeah. adults need it the most. To me, I did, and for me, my, my preference. And I know that, like, I don't know if you've seen it on TikTok or maybe it's just, it tells you something about the side of TikTok that, that you're I'm on. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's always, I feel like I always see, like, people my age or younger being like, why did I have to be the one to break these generational it curses? It is. Right? It is. What would you say to them? Because I feel like that's very discouraging that you're the one that has to, do all the work, be the one to start. What would you tell people who are who are those first to take the steps to breaking generational You're the warriors. Curses? You're the, the, the cycle breakers. You're the ones that are going to cause a change. You're the ones that are actually caring about your mental health. And I know it's hard to accept that, but it has to start somewhere with someone. Yeah. So unfortunately, you're stuck being the one to be the cycle breaker. But you're going to be so thankful once you did that and you started that path in that road. And I'm not going to say that healing ends because it doesn't. Right. I feel like we're, we're constantly going to be healing from, for, from something. Um, you know, right. it, it, it never stops. You get better in certain areas because you learn and you educate yourself. But being a cycle breaker has to be like, we got to get like a, I, I think... I just got an idea, like getting a, a Superman shirt <laughs> and putting Psycho Breaker on it because, yep. you know, it takes a lot of courage to be that one to break all those generational curses. And I am very glad that I have, that I'm doing it, um, you know, because right. it feels really good. And I, I don't want people to get discouraged when they're like, oh, I have to be. Yes, you have to be it because at some point you have to stop it. You have to say, this is it. Right. It stops at me. No more of this. No more keeping family secrets. No more right. allowing, you know, 
uh, family members to be doing things to children or adults or being abusers. And, you know, we keep a lot of, we gatekeep a lot. We keep yeah. a lot of secrets that, you know, within our communities that happens a lot. And it's really sad. It's really yeah. sad that abusers are out there just doing whatever they want, however they want. And we just, yeah. we're not breaking the cycle. So either you allow certain things or you start breaking those cycles and you're like, that's it. It's up to me. I'm, I'm going to be the superhero in the story. And that's how I see right. Psycho Breakers as a superhero. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and I know we're sort of coming up on time. So I think that a lot of, and I see this everywhere, right? Um, some people are turned off from therapy or mental health because it's so white. It and is. so non-representative of Latine folks, right? How do we, what do you say maybe to that lack of representation to maybe fellow latina folks who want to embark in this very long journey that you yourself are you know um embarking on like what do you say to that that's why i'm here because i want to represent i'm from i'm this individual that had everything against her i am an immigrant i come from honduras i came here when i was two um i went back and forth. Um, I finally stayed here for good when I was five. I had to learn the language. I didn't know the language. I worked very hard. I didn't have, I, we have to understand we didn't have the best opportunities, but I made it work. I made it work. I worked really hard to get where I'm at and I'm really proud of that. And I think we don't give ourselves enough credit and we should. So, you know, this is why I do it. I want to represent. I want every Latinx, Latinx, Latin community, Hispanic community to feel represented, and I'm here, because you know I feel like when um the other day I was uh giving uh, counseling to one of my clients, she's like, oh, um, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from Honduras, and I'm like, oh, I'm from La Ceiba, and she's like, oh, I'm from Honduras too, I'm from Copan, and I was like, oh my gosh, and she told me in Spanish, no sabe qué felicidad siento. De verme representada en usted. Nunca había conocido a una hondureña que de terapia. And I was like, this, these are the moments. And when I, when I hear people telling me that, it makes me so proud because there's not enough Honduran women and uh, brown Honduran women in, in this field. Here I am. I'm here to represent. I'm here to be that change. And I know there's a whole other huge community out there of, of Latin A, queer therapists, upcoming therapists that are going to school, that are already working. Um, I think there's one that I follow. I think her name is Latin X or something like that. I'm going to, I don't remember right now, but um, she, uh, she's, I think she's based in California and she's really good. She has a really nice, um, website that you can look for um mm -hmm. the, uh, a hispanic or uh hispanic latine latinx queer therapy uh Research. therapist mm. and i feel like those are very very important things that we need to feel represented because i just want to i just you know i just want people to say okay look i found this hispanic latine <laughs> girl that you know right. she's she speaks Spanish and I'm trying, and it's really hard because I'm also trying to incorporate my Spanish speaking into it right. and learn, you know, the, 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 the pros and cons of, of speaking to my Spanish community, but with mental health lang lingo, 
Yeah. So, you know, that's very important for, for me. And I, I think that, like, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that moment. Because I feel that, like, those moments are sort of the the ones that add up that make it worth it when you're having all of these long hours for your practicum, right? I, I want you guys to have in mind that when you see a mental health therapist, have in mind all the work that they have to do to get there because it is a yeah. lot of work. You don't realize it until you're in it. You're like, whoa. You know, it's like, but what? Yeah. Thank, thank your local therapist. Give them a hug. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> because let me tell you, it's a lot of work, but you know, it's very worth it. And you know, someday, some little girl, some little boy uh, is going to look up at me and say, oh my God, you know, she's, she's a Latina therapist giving therapy. And I want to be very inclusive. You know, we want to, I want to be able to accept all races, all colors, you know, I am, um, I'm from Honduras, but I did my DNA and I found out that I am a certain percentage indigenous and then Afro and then like maybe like 10% Spaniard. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. You know, it's, I mean, I, I knew yeah. I was mixed at some point, but you know, it's like, I, you know, people really see themselves represented in me, you know? Right. So that, I think that's very important. I love that. Thank you. Um, so my last my last question is we always end sort of the the podcast episode with some recommendation of sorts. Okay. If you could give somebody a recommendation today, a fellow Latina, some recommendations, what would be what would be your recommendation to them revolving around mental health? The one recommendation I would say um, is take care of your mental health first. Acknowledge when you're not okay and seek the help. And if you can't seek the help, because unfortunately going to therapy is something that you have to be able to afford. And it's, you know, although there are programs out there and there's grants, you know, there's local, um, like where I'm at, we give counseling, but it's only for domestic violence and you have to go through domestic Mm -hmm. violence to receive the counseling. Um, But there are programs out there for you, but please take care of your mental health nice when you're not feeling okay when you're feeling long periods of sadness long periods of not wanting to do anything isolating yourself go for a walk move your body drink some water get some sun read your favorite book we can also educate ourselves um if we don't have money to go to therapy because it's so easy to say yeah go to therapy but hey sis i don't have the money i barely can pay for food you know or I'm struggling. Buy a book. Go to the library. There's a lot of mental health books out there that you can read. You don't even have to buy a book. You can go go to the library and rent one out and read it and check it out and check it back in. I think that's the best thing, educating ourselves about our mental health. I love that. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Um, And I'm like, it made me really happy that you shared sort of um, your experiences and everything that sort of you've lived through, right? Getting to this point, because it's a very long journey it and is. still that you have, you know, left to do, yes, you know? Yes, so I have about so, 15 months left. 15, yes. months, 15 months left of school and I still have to uh, work under someone else for two Don't more years. Two. So it's a long process. And I think that's what scared me the most because I was like, damn. Mm. <laughs> that, that's a lot you know I, I might as well just be a doctor at this point 
because yeah. basically, you know, whew, I might as just yeah, be with, with all this with all the schooling. I mean, I think my PhD would probably be another two or three years. Might as well just become a doctor mm-hmm. already. So, whew, yeah, so it's intense, but you know. I just I just want to uh, leave this here and um when you guys don't feel good and you recognize that you're not okay seek help whatever way that you can it's very important I feel like we don't take care of that that mental health we just put every priority in, on top of whatever priorities we have and we our mental health is not one of them right we need to prioritize i always tell people you can't pour from an empty cup so if your cup's empty you can't be helping other people you can't be helping your community we can't do anything unless our cup is full you know so thank you for those words thank you so much and if we want to keep following you on your journey is there somewhere we can follow you at yes my handles are healing marla and that's both my Instagram and my TikTok. So if you guys want to follow me, I would appreciate it. I'm trying to get a 10K. <laughs> we love it's that. So we love hard. that. It's so hard. Yeah. I really try to stay. But, you know, with um, being in grad school, sometimes it takes a lot of my time. So I do try to stay as active as I can on my um, on my socials. Um, but, yeah, I would appreciate the follow. <laughs> We love that. And to our listeners, y'all know what to do. Make sure that you're following Hijas Que Hablan on all of our social media platforms. Marla's information is going to be at the bottom of this episode. So make sure to go follow her too. But thank you so much no, for thank you. It was being so here. nice to meet you. Um, When you reached out to me, I was like, oh my God, I felt so like, ooh, <laughs> I felt like a celebrity. I was like, yay. <laughs> yes, because you're, you're out there doing the thing, right? I feel that like representation is needed yes and you are that representation right but it's also like you're out here you're fighting you're being you're working hard right and I feel that like a lot of the time as Latinas we're just like I can never get there right I can never be a therapist be an artist be a filmmaker be whatever we can right because we don't see ourselves represented. And it's just like, to me, when I saw your TikTok, I was just like, okay, yeah, we need to have her on the podcast oh because gosh, like thank you. so many of us are like so working sweet. on mental health, you know, and you're, you're out there, you're doing it. So like, thank you for, for joining us. No, Cause I think it's so important. much. I appreciate that. Uh, we'll stay in touch in our socials. Thank you so much. Yes. I appreciate the time. Cause you know, this is something very dear to my heart. Um, and I just think, you know, we just have to keep healing. We have to keep finding yeah. and spreading the word to help other people, you know, heal because people are like, oh my God, yes, so I have to heal. I have to make myself better. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, you know, you can't go to therapy, but you can do things for yourself that you can heal yourself, you know? So right. it's very important. Thank, Thank you, Mama. You. Yay.